Welcome to Falun Gong News, direct from China and around the world, from the Minghui website. Topics include news about the persecution of Falun Gong in China, local events, and special items of interest. Now for this week's stories. Japan. Falun Dafa practitioners participated in an annual event that honors volunteers at the Kita Ward Civic Center in Osaka on November 19th. They introduced Falun Dafa, also known as Falun Gong, and exposed the truth behind its persecution in China by the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. Practitioners also demonstrated the Falun Dafa exercises on stage and gave a waist drum performance, bringing a festive note to the event. The Kita Ward Civic Center has been providing a free classroom for practitioners to teach the Falun Dafa exercises. Many Japanese people have had the opportunity to learn about the practice, and this event encouraged even more people to learn the exercises. The event is attended by various local organizations from the community that are dedicated to public service. New Zealand. Falun Dafa practitioners in New Zealand were invited to participate in eight Christmas parades between December 1st and December 3rd. The celebrations took place in the North Island areas that included the city of Hamilton, three suburbs of Auckland, and two adjacent areas as well as the town of Ashburton and the city of Timaru on South Island. The Falun Dafa waist drum team, dragon dance team, and the Tianguo marching band performed at the various events. People applauded the practitioners' entries and some took photos or videos of their performances. Many people said good things about the principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance, and some were interested in learning how to practice Falun Dafa. An organizer for the event in Hamilton, named Alan, said that he thought the Falun Gong entry was the best, and the parade organizers were very pleased to have them participate in the parade again. Turkey. Practitioners held two workshops in Istanbul to introduce Falun Dafa and expose the Chinese Communist Party's persecution. One event was held in a wellness center on November 28th, and the other at the Katie Koi Ecological Life Center on December 2nd. Many people learned the exercises and shared that they felt relaxed and could feel the energy. Some said they found what they'd been looking for. Radiation therapy technician Ms. Yazamin said after learning the exercises, this is something I've wanted for a long time. She explained that she's been on a quest and even considered going to India to look for a cultivation practice. She was thrilled to find Falun Dafa. Three college students said they planned to write about Falun Dafa as the topic of their thesis. Retired English teacher Azeen attended the Falun Dafa workshop and said, I feel I've been led here because I need to hear this. This is more needed than any other meditation. Colombia. Several Falun Dafa truth-sharing events took place in the Colombian city of Medellin on November 12th. 
They were arranged for the day before the 6th Columbia Falandafa Experience Sharing Conference. Practitioners from different parts of Colombia, as well as from Spain, the Netherlands, Aruba, Venezuela, and other countries participated in the activities. Practitioners provided the public with information about their spiritual practice and called for an end to its ongoing persecution in China. Practitioners did the exercises and distributed informational materials at the Poblado Metro Station, one of the city's busiest transportation hubs. Many people said they were shocked when they learned about the organ harvesting taking place from living, incarcerated Falandafa practitioners. Passerby Uriel Gill said that Falandafa is important because it can make our lives meaningful. He added, it is spiritual nourishment. France. Falandafa practitioners hosted a seminar on November 28th in Agde, a coastal city in southern France, to expose the CCP's persecution of the spiritual discipline. City Mayor Giles de Torre, some city government staff and residents of Agde and surrounding cities attended. A practitioner introduced Falandafa explained that it was practiced worldwide and described the practice's decades-long persecution in China. Several practitioners spoke about their own or their loved ones' experiences of being illegally jailed in China and tortured, spurring many attendees to sign a petition to end the persecution. Seminar attendee Bernard Lavezier's said he recently watched a program on the Association for European Television and learned that there are people in China who are willing to risk their lives to tell people about Falun Dafa. He was very moved and expressed an interest in learning Falun Dafa. Toronto, Canada. Falun Dafa practitioners helped the community ring in the start of the holiday season by taking part in three Christmas parades in the greater Toronto area on December 2nd and the 3rd. These events were among 10 Christmas parades they participated in thus far, helping them succeed in bringing Falandafa to a wider audience. The Toronto Tianguo Marching Band joined the 50th Santa Claus Parade in the town of Bolton, Ontario, and the Chinese Waste Drum Team participated in the Etobicoke Lakeshore Santa Claus Parade on December 2nd. The following day, the Tianguo Marching Band and Waste Drum Team both took part in the Santa Claus Parade in the city of Burlington, Ontario. Despite the cold weather, every parade was well attended. The band's performances were warmly applauded throughout the parade routes, and spectators thanked practitioners for their contribution. Many said they were glad to learn about Falandafa's principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Pennsylvania, USA. The Philadelphia Holiday Parade took place on Saturday, December 2nd. This grand event is the only parade in the U.S. that simultaneously celebrates Christmas, Chinese New Year, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa. Tens of thousands of spectators line the nearly mile-and-a-half parade route. The New York Tianguo Marching Band, along with Chinese waist drum and lotus flower teams, brought traditional Chinese culture to the parade. 
the contingent was formed by more than 100 Falun Dafa practitioners. Their bright costumes and grand scale were enthusiastically welcomed by spectators. Civil engineer Eric Era is a Philadelphia resident and said that he came to this parade specifically to watch the Tianguo marching band and Chinese waist drum performances. The band's conductor, Michelle Mi, shared, Our original music compositions are special. We hope people can feel the positive energy from our music. The following are selected cases of persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China. Mr. Wong Haichen from Sichuan Province was diagnosed with colon cancer in January 2023 while serving seven and a half years for his faith in Falun Gong. The prison authorities notified his family to apply for medical parole for him, but they initially delayed the approval process and didn't release him until around September 2023, when his cancer had metastasized. He died one month later. Mr. Wong, a 60-year-old middle teacher, was arrested with 25 other local practitioners in July 2019, while they were reading Falun Gong books together in a private home. He was sentenced to a seven-and-a-half-year prison term and a 50,000 yuan fine in December 2020. Mr. Wong's death capped his decades-long suffering for upholding his faith in Falun Gong. He credited Falun Gong with curing his sinusitis, gastritis, neurosis, and hepatitis B. But he had been arrested multiple times for upholding his faith over the years. He almost died while serving a two-year labor camp term. Mr. Zhao Tinggao, a 71-year-old man from Liaoning Province, died on October 7th, after suffering years of persecution for upholding his faith in Falun Gong. Mr. Zhao became a target when the Chinese Communist Party began to persecute Falun Gong in July 1999. The local police continually harassed him and ordered him to renounce his faith. He refused to comply and was taken to a brainwashing center around 2000. He managed to escape and went into hiding. He spent the next 16 years moving from place to place to avoid further persecution. In 2016, Mr. Zhao was arrested 30 miles from his hometown and was sentenced to a four-year prison term. He was released in June 2020 and suffered from severe medical conditions for the next few years. He died on October 7, 2023. Mr. Shi Xiaochun from Heilongjiang province was sentenced to four years with a 10,000 yuan fine on November 20th for putting up Falun Gong flyers on the elementary school campus where he worked as a mailroom clerk. Mr. Shi was charged with using a cult organization to undermine law enforcement, the standard pretext used to frame and imprison Falun Gong practitioners. During his court hearing, the prosecutor presented an amulet with the Falun Gong message on it confiscated from Mr. Schur's workplace as evidence. 
Mr. Schur's lawyer read aloud the message on the amulet and said it was simply about the benefits of Falun Gong, which in no way caused any harm to any individual or society at large, much less undermine law enforcement. The prosecutor accused Mr. Schur of being a repeat offender as he was previously given five forced labor terms and one prison term totaling 16 years, all for practicing Falun Gong. Mr. Schur's lawyer stated the lack of legal basis in the persecution of Falun Gong and said his previous incarcerations were unconstitutional and should not be used as evidence to prosecute him. The court announced Mr. Schur's four-year sentence on November 20th. Three women in Yanqi province stood trial on November 21st for practicing Falun Gong. All three are in their 70s. The trial of Ms. Hu Shui Ying, Ms. Xiao Qinjin, and Ms. Wang Dongya stemmed from their arrest on the morning of August 2, 2022. The three women were chatting with each other at a local bus stop that day when police seized them and body searched them. The police then raided all three women's homes. They confiscated Falun Gong books and other valuables. During the trial, the prosecutor accused the three women of holding an illegal gathering at the bus stop to promote Falun Gong. Ms. Hughes' lawyer argued that no law in China criminalizes Falun Gong and that it was totally legal for his client to meet with the other two practitioners at the bus stop. Whatever they discussed, be it Falun Gong related or not, did not cause any harm to any individual or society at large. The court refused to release Ms. Hugh as her lawyer requested and instead scheduled a second hearing. It's unclear whether Ms. Chow and Ms. Wong had legal representation. Chinese national indicted in South Korea for attacking Falun Gong information booth. Seven incidents of Chinese people attacking Falun Gong information booths took place on Jeju Island, South Korea in October and November of 2023. The perpetrators selectively destroyed poster boards about the Tiananmen self-immolation hoax, the CCP's organ harvesting from Falun Gong practitioners, and from a truth clarification campaign titled, The CCP Doesn't Represent China. The South Korean Falun Dafa Association has demanded that the local procuratorate and court investigate the matter and bring the perpetrators to justice. The association said that the incidents didn't happen by coincidence, but were organized by the CCP. The latest incident took place on November 18th, According to Falun Gong practitioner Kim Jong-kun, a group of seven Chinese youths who had been wandering around the Falun Dafa booth for at least 10 minutes kicked the poster boards during a brief moment when the practitioner stepped away from the booth. One vandal destroyed the posters and even tried to burn them with the lighter. The other six people stood aside and watched him. Given the fact that they exchanged glances, 
It was clear that they came as a group. A perpetrator was photographed while he destroyed Falun Gong poster boards. The Falun Gong practitioner quickly called the police, who repeatedly ordered the Chinese youths to show their IDs, but they refused to comply. The person who destroyed the posters also resisted strongly when the police took out the handcuffs. He was eventually arrested and taken to the Jiju Eastern Police Station Detention Center. This was the first person in the past two months who was arrested for destroying Falun Gong posters. Shortly after the arrest, the police submitted the case to the prosecutor's office. The prosecutor then indicted the perpetrator and moved the case to the Jiju District Court and demanded a fine of 500,000 South Korean won, about 385 U.S. dollars. The incident was reported by the major local TV channel Jiju NBC. About 200 Falun Gong practitioners held a rally on November 28th in front of the Chinese Consulate General in Jiju, demanding that the Chinese ambassador to South Korea formally apologize for the incident. They also urged the South Korean government to take measures to prevent similar incidences from happening again. The practitioners at the event said that the CCP is likely attempting to turn South Korea into another Hong Kong, where it has direct control. They added that local residents should have a clear understanding of the CCP and protect their own country from being infiltrated by the authoritarian regime. The practitioners distributed informative letters to local residents as well. The South Korean Falun Dafa Association also submitted their statements to the governor of Jiju Island, the speaker of the Jiju Island Assembly, the Jiju District Attorney General, the Jiju Island Police Director, and the Jiju District Marine Police Director, demanding that the perpetrators be brought to justice in accordance with the law. One day before the rally, a cruise ship with 2,680 Chinese tourists heading to Jiju Island sailed from the port city of Tianjin and suddenly changed its route and canceled its stay on Jiju Island, likely to prevent the Chinese tourists from seeing the practitioners' rally. South Korea's Jiju Island is a popular tourist destination for the Chinese. Since 2008, the South Korean government has allowed people from China to enter the island without a visa and stay for up to 72 hours. Tourism slowed down during the pandemic, but South Korea is taking active measures to bring back the Chinese tourists. To help the Chinese people learn the facts they aren't able to see while in China, Falun Gong practitioners in South Korea set up several information booths on Jeju Island. Practitioners' truth clarification efforts have been under relentless attack. Queensland, Australia Falun Dafa Experience Sharing Conference Inspires Diligence The 2023 Queensland Falun Dafa Cultivation Sharing Conference was held at the Brisbane Sunnybank Community Centre on November 26th. Western and Vietnamese Falun Dafa practitioners from Brisbane, Canberra, and the Gold Coast shared their cultivation experiences and expressed their gratitude to Master Li Hong Zhur, the founder of Falun Dafa. The conference was also accessible online and connected practitioners from suburban areas of Canberra. 
eight practitioners spoke about how they have adhered to Fallendoffa's principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance at work, in their daily lives, and while doing projects that validate Fallendoffa. They also talked about how they overcame difficulties, believed in Master and in Falandafa, eliminated human attachments, and told people about the ongoing persecution of the practice. Those who attended said that they were encouraged and touched. Conference attendee Joy shared how much she benefited from memorizing the Fa over the past four years. Her body felt cleansed, her chinching or moral character improved, and she experienced a breakthrough in clarifying the truth to others. She enlightened to the fact that her words became more powerful as she memorized the fa. They were able to eliminate the negative thoughts in other people's minds, and their attitudes improved dramatically. It became easier for her to help people withdraw from the CCP and its affiliated organizations. In another sharing report, a practitioner named Emma explained that several practitioners with children established an ongoing class this year to teach young Dafa disciples about traditional Chinese culture. She was in charge of the teaching materials. Emma was aware that young people born outside China don't know Chinese or Chinese traditional culture very well. Learning Chinese and being able to understand the meaning of Dafa books is a major concern for parents. As she set to work on the project, she encountered many tribulations right from the beginning. She was not a teacher by profession, and since she was raised in China, she carried residual influence from the CCP culture. She only knew the simplified Chinese characters and not the traditional Chinese characters, which put her at a disadvantage. She asked herself, how can I enable these young Dafa disciples to truly benefit from this class? Emma shared that she deeply felt it was her historic mission to succeed. She decided to teach the children to read and study Juan Fallen, the main text of Fallen Dafa. She enlightened, these children are very pure. They do not have any human notions, so it would be best for them to memorize Dafa right from the beginning. Emma noticed that although they were very mischievous, they had good inborn quality. She said that seeing the young children memorize the Fa attentively made her feel the miraculous power of Falun Dafa. She affirmed, I know that Dafa can change everything. As long as the children have the Fa in their hearts, they will have a future. Both new and veteran Falun Dafa practitioners said they benefited tremendously from the Experience Sharing Conference. Each speaker's cultivation report encouraged attendees to be more diligent with their own cultivation. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.